And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. The Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer's Farmer Sentiment Index dropped five points to 112 in September. The drop in farmer sentiment was primarily the result of producers' weakened perception of current conditions. The current conditions index dropped nine points to 109, and the index of future expectations dropped three points to 113. Concerns about input costs and, in some cases, availability are key factors behind the relative weakness in this month's farmer sentiment. A growing number of producers expressed concern about the impact of rising interest rates on their operations. High input costs were cited as the number one concern by 44% of the survey respondents, while 23% chose rising interest rates. Another 14% of respondents chose input availability as their biggest worry. The Farm Capital Investment Index also dropped as producers continue to indicate now is not a good time to make large investments in their farms. The USDA quarterly hogs and pigs report released at the end of last week showed inventory was down 1% compared to last year with 73.8 million head. Alton Kalo is the chief economist with Steiner Consulting Group and analyzed the bullish report. Because most of the numbers that came out were on the lower end or outside of the range of the pre-report estimates. Market hog inventory was 67.6 million head down 1% from last year and up 2% from last quarter. Kalo explains how the survey works for hogs going to market. USDA tells us, all right, how many hogs should we expect to come to market in the next three, six months? And they break it down by category. You know, what's the weight of those hogs? You know, how many hogs do we have that are 180 pounds and over? We probably have run through most of that supply because they probably came to market in September. He said they are working to put the hogs and pigs marketing number in context. Hog slaughter should be running about 1.5% less than it was a year ago. October, early, mid-November, again, it's not precise. The number should be down about 1.2% from a year ago. And then December, January, February, at least based on this survey, you'd expect the slaughter numbers to run down about 1.6% less. Fewer hogs coming to market are a function of the smaller breeding herd and lower productivity. Sows farrowing during this period total 3.02 million head, down 1% from last year. The sows farrow during this quarter represented 49% of the breeding herd. A Mexican presidential decree to ban genetically modified quarter 2024 would have severe economic consequences for the U.S. and Mexican economies. A study from World Perspectives, Inc. says the move will result in a loss of billions for America's farmers at higher prices for Mexican consumers. The net economic loss for the U.S. corn industry in the first year of the ban will be $3.56 billion. The U.S. ethanol industry, including DDGs, will incur a net loss of $521.5 million after accounting for gains from lower GM core prices. Overall, the U.S. economy would lose $73.89 billion in economic output. During a 10-year forecast, the GM corn ban will increase the cost of corn by an average of 19%. That will inflate the cost of most foods and other goods for Mexico. Poultry meat prices will jump by 67% because of a 13.7% increase in the cost of feed. Well, the National Corn Growers Association wants the USTR to challenge Mexico's potential ban on biotech corn. Tom Hag, the newly minted president of the National Corn Growers Association, said Tuesday the group has several challenges ahead of it, including trying to push a USMCA dispute settlement case against Mexico to head off the potential ban on biotech corn as early as 2024. A possible ban on U.S. biotech corn going in Mexico is a looming trade issue, yet Mexico remains the top buyer for U.S. corn. Mexican buyers in 
imported 16.4 million metric tons in the 22-23 crop year that ended September 1st, up more than 10% from the prior year, according to USDA trade data. Mexico is already committed to buying nearly 4.6 million metric tons for the 23-24 crop year. Now, initially, it was understood Mexico would institute some ban on genetically modified organisms in food-grade quarter 2024, as well as ban the herbicide glyphosate. Mexico stopped approving any new corn varieties involving glyphosate for import in 2018, but there's a lack of clarity for Mexican officials on just what exactly would fall under the import ban right now. Haig says, quote, as we get deeper into this, it gets tougher and tougher because it might ban going into our livestock feed. American farmers are not going to stop growing corn or GMO corn, end quote. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association is calling for a pause in the EPA rewriting of Trump-era WOTUS reforms until the Supreme Court settles the confusion over the Environmental Protection Agency's power to regulate water bodies under the Clean Water Act. Regulatory whiplash is how National Cattlemen described the shifting WOTUS definitions over the years as the Supreme Court this week again tried to make sense of the Clean Water Act. And until the High Court decides on a proper test for which waters are waters of the U.S., Cattlemen's CEO Colin Woodall is calling for a pause in EPA WOTUS rulemaking. After all the work we did to fight back against the 2015 rule, here we have the Biden administration coming out and trying once again to bring WOTUS back. At the Supreme Court, the test for EPA jurisdiction over an Idaho home lot near a lake was still unclear. This exchange between government lawyer Brian Fletcher and Chief Justice John Roberts. So somebody looking around the lot would have to look at the wetlands if they can see them and the lake and say, is that reasonable proximity or not? That's right. Yes, that is the standard. And I, that's, I, a, that's a standard that is used in criminal prosecutions as well. With the wry hint that the government could prosecute a landowner if they got it wrong, longtime Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley calls for a traditional standard that covers only wetlands connected to navigable waters, not features like a usually dry creek. Ridiculous. The best thing to do is to go with the historic definition of navigable river. That's where the federal jurisdiction ends and that's where the state jurisdiction takes over. An argument akin to that of the plaintiffs in the long-running Sackets versus the U.S. EPA case and the discussion over nearby versus directly connected. It's a case Grassley and NCBA say the Supreme Court must finally resolve for the sake of homeowners, farmers, and others. And lastly, here on American Ag Today, longtime Angus breeder Bill Reichel saw his dad market cattle by loading them on rail cars. He remembers the days of renting a scale from the local extension office to record weights. As he built Reichel Angus near North Platte, Nebraska in the 1970s, the cattlemen saw the rapid change in the beef business firsthand. Some early advancements included everything from boxed beef and grid marketing to expected progeny differences to aid in breeding decisions. When EPDs came along, I was very, very encouraged by that. I thought it was something I could really get my mind around and get the operation around and do and the thought process and how it would help improve the cattle and trying to understand how those things really work. And they do work. Reichel and fellow Angus breeder Larry Patterson of Bopat Farms in Tennessee were recent guests on the Angus Conversation podcast. They discussed how they deal with the constant stream of new ideas and technologies. My dad always had a saying when a neighboring farmer would ask him, he'd say, well, Ed, are you going to do that? And he said, well, I don't know for sure. He said, I don't want to be the first, but he said, I doggone sure don't want to be the last. I think I got a little bit of that in me over the years. And both said it would take adaptation for the beef industry to stay relevant to consumers in the future. You can learn more at theangusconversation.com. 
This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a fantastic rest of your day.